Hi, this is Derek Kilmer from Washington 6th District, welcoming you back to my podcast called Quick Questions About Congress with Kilmer. Today I'm sitting down with Representative Susan Brooks from Indiana's 5th District. Thanks for being with me. Great to be here, Derek. So, um... Tell me about Indiana's 5th District. Well, I have uh, I came into Congress when you did. Yeah. Um, so we're starting our third term. And the 5th District is the northern third of the city of Indianapolis. Okay. And I represent eight counties to the north. And so I have the city, the urban area of Indianapolis, as well as the suburbs of Indianapolis. And then I have a lot of cornfields that head north, as well as small towns. So it's a very diverse district. Well, how, um, how long does it take you to get from one side of the district to the other? Well, not nearly as long as it probably takes you uh, about three hours. Okay. So it's a it's a very easy district to move mm-hmm. around in. I have two district offices. Um, we have you know satellite office or satellite office hours in each of our counties at different times, and it's it's very easy to, to get around. Yeah, very cool. pretty. Are there, is there like a main industry in in your neck of the woods? I or? would say life sciences. Uh-huh. Um, you know, Indianapolis, Indiana is the home of Eli Lilly and Company, mm-hmm. but Roche Diagnostics is in my district. We Indiana, and a lot of people don't realize this. In Indiana is the largest exporter of life sciences products mm. behind California, the state mm. of California, because we have the medical device industry up in Warsaw. That's not in my district. It's in Jackie Olorski's district. But we have a lot of medical uh, device and innovation products in the state of Indiana. Um, have you been in an IndyCar? I have been. Um, have I been in an IndyCar? We just celebrated the 100th running of the Indianapolis 500 this last year. Um, those people, it's racing is big industry in the state of Indiana and particularly in Indianapolis. It is an incredibly exciting time to be there in the month of May. Um, have you ever gotten to wave a green, yellow, or checkered flag? No, I have not done that. And, uh, you know, that is a very special privilege. The uh, Holman George family, um, there's so many traditions um, that come with the Indy 500. In fact, one of our uh, bigger traditions is Florence Henderson has always sang at oh. the Indy 500. And she, a Hoosier, and she just passed away. My TV mom. Yeah, in the yeah. last month. And so that was a very sad time for Indiana. Yeah. So the only um, other thing I know about Indiana is um, basketball. Uh, Bobby Knight still popular in Indiana? Or? You know, with most Hoosiers, he's very popular still. Um, he's one of those really controversial figures. Um, however, he brought us the glory days of IU basketball that we always try to get back to. And so he actually is very, very popular. Most recently, um, the farmers of the state of Indiana and Purdue Ag held a big luncheon last year where Gene Cady, who was coach of Purdue, and Bobby Knight, coach of IU, at the same times, came and debated and discussed their time. It was a packed, sold-out crowd of the ag community. Agriculture is also huge in the state of Indiana. But it was so much fun hearing those guys tell the stories. That's awesome. I bet that was really cool. Um, So uh, I'm curious, um, you mentioned we came in at the same time. Uh, What brought you here? I was really... um, focused and remain focused on trying to restore confidence in Congress. And um, I was very concerned about the trajectory of our national debt. Mm-hmm. Um, I was working at our state's community college system and had seen families you know, going through the recession. And I just wanted to do what I could to be a part of getting people back to work, growing the economy, just making our country as strong as it could be. And But also, um, I had never run for office before. 
Uh, and I really felt that um, Congress had an incredibly important role to play in this, and I wanted to restore some confidence in Congress and what our role could be. You'd had a pretty amazing background, though, in terms of the community college stuff, but before that, U.S. attorney and deputy mayor. Good memory. Yeah. Or you did your homework, yeah. which I bet is probably both, uh, <laughs> knowing you. Um, but yeah, I started public service in the late 90s. I'm a lot older than you are. In the late 90s as deputy mayor of this of our state's largest city. And that's when I got the bug for public service and just really loved what it took to and to see behind the scenes in running a, a, a really, I think, a successful and an even more successful now city. Um and then I became U.S. attorney during the Bush administration one month after 9-11 mm. and um, where national security became the, my focus and keeping the country safe. Um, and then community college, uh, I was general counsel for our state's community college system and I happened to be there during the time of the recession. So I've had some jobs and some very interesting times. Yeah, I when I was deputy mayor, it was our city's highest homicide rate. As U.S. attorney, it was after 9-11 yeah. and community what was college that like? during the recession. What was that like stepping into being U.S. attorney? attorney right after 9-11? Well, in fact, there were no presidentially appointed U.S. attorneys in place at the time. And um, and so what was wonderful, though, is that the, the employees of the Justice Department were so focused um, on keeping our country safe, on finding out if there were more terrorist cells and groups around the country. So we had to shift as a country very quickly to homeland security and national security being a top priority. Mm -hmm. We had taken it granted, quite frankly, as a country, mm -hmm. except for those who worked in that space day in and day out. But suddenly, I think citizens began to realize that they had a role to play. You know, if you see something, say something. They had a role to work with hand in hand with law enforcement to try to keep our communities and our neighborhoods safe. So that was just so that sort of homeland security work was a day-to-day -day function in the US Attorney's office. It absolutely wow. was, That's particularly really after 9/11 and um, uh, you had some incredible US attorneys Jim McDevitt and John McKay were mm -hmm. friends of mine from yeah. the state of Washington. We all pulled together all across the country um, and worked very hard to support each other in what we were doing across the country and trying to protect the country from terrorists. And it was really, I think, the first time our country had experienced terrorism in that way. It had happened in New York, but I think the way 9-11 happened, it impacted the whole country and really changed the way I view the role of the federal government, which I think first and foremost should be focused on national security. I told your team um, before you arrived that uh, I... Um when I was in college, had an offer to go spend my summer in Indianapolis working for Mayor Goldsmith, um, who at the time was, I think, really perceived to be a pretty visionary and, and reform-minded mayor. Um, I, at the last minute, decided to turn it down because I thought I'd be homesick. But uh, I wish we could have been colleagues yeah. back in the <laughs> 90s. I might have been your boss. Yeah. Who knows? But no, Mayor Goldsmith did look for really bright minds across the country to come in and be fellows. Um, he now uh, is an endowed chair at the at Harvard's Kennedy School of Government yeah. um, that put on those incredible programs that we attended when we were new members. But he is all about innovation in uh, government, and he focuses on local levels uh, and local government innovation. And he, it was a great, um, he was an incredible uh, friend and mentor, great boss, and really loved that time. I wish you could have come. I know, I know. A little bit different from yeah. the state of Washington. We're a little bit flatter, not as many uh, oceans around us. Well, I was told by your team that it's actually um, was voted the best place for young professionals, so now I kind of regret it. But. Well, it uh, it 
it's something we've worked really hard at. We have a really growing tech community as well. Yeah. I know people think that's just on the coast, but we have a huge growing tech community and, you know, always encouraging young people to take a look at all that's going on there. So now you're here. Now you're in Congress. Um, what do you think? What's, uh, anything surprise you or... Well, I think we have to be incredibly intentional, um, as you and I have certainly learned. And I want to congratulate you on your new role as the co-chair of our bipartisan working group, Um, a group I know I joined last year. You might have joined it earlier than that. But um, we, you know, our weekly meetings, sitting down uh, together and talking through the agenda of the week and, and other proposals, that is has to be incredibly intentional. It doesn't just happen naturally here. Um, that was surprising to me. Um, working across the aisle is actually harder than I thought it would be because um, of our time demands. But uh, I think more people want to do it, but I think there are members like us that choose to do it yeah. and, and put time and attention um, on that. Um, I think the other thing, surprisingly, um, is that uh, it's a much faster pace than I would have guessed, even though to the outside, I don't think things move fast enough for mm. our constituents. Um, but we really have such a breadth of uh, areas that we have to learn about and make important decisions on. I think that has surprised me, the breadth of what we as members of Congress touch and how important, I I certainly know how important the decisions and the votes we take, but, um, but I also am surprised by the amount of uh, the constituents that we work with and help, the, the number of outreach, the, how many constituents reach out to us, that surprised me. The volume of letters and phone calls, I think that's terrific. That's what representational government is. But I personally had not been involved as a citizen doing that with my members. Mm-hmm. I'm really pleasantly surprised how many people engage with us. Are there things, uh, are, are there issues you wish Congress would get more focused on um, where you'd like to see more progress? I would like to see more progress on the national debt. Mm-hmm. It, when I began running for Congress, uh, our debt was at $14.6 trillion, and we are closing in on $20 trillion. And so I don't believe that we have focused enough on the fiscal issues facing the country. Um, you know, we both are trying to even get uh, the House and Senate to participate in a joint session where the Comptroller General for the country comes in and gives us our fiscal state of the nation. That just seems to me to be a no-brainer. We ought to be doing that, but I don't believe we focus enough on the fiscal issues that we face, enough on making sure that Social Security and Medicare and Medicaid are there for future generations. Those are things that I really hope that we really focus on in the next two years. And you've you've been a real leader in the Congress on some of the opioid issues and trying to drive some progress on that front too, right? Those are so personal to people in our states. I have to tell you, on election day, as I was out just you know going around my district, the number of people who thanked us for focusing on that because it has devastated someone in their family. Um, and so I have, you know, combining kind of the law enforcement background, but also my time at the community college and just, um, I used to be a criminal defense attorney and represented people many years ago who had a lot of addictions. And addiction has ravaged people and their families for many uh, for many years. And we as a country, I don't think, have done enough to stem the tide of now opioid addiction. In the past, it's been crack cocaine or methamphetamine. Now it's heroin and opioid. But what's different about this is it's killing people at a much higher rate than meth did or than 
crack or cocaine did. Um, the overdose rates are, you know, remain off the charts and one of the top public health concerns. So we ju- I'm really pleased we got some funding in that 21st Century Cures Bill. Yeah. We got some great legislation passed. My legislation created an interagency task force to um, try to get at the root of the problem of overprescribing mm-hmm. of opioid prescription drugs. Is there anything else you're working on that you think folks would be interested in? Well, one of the things that we worked on, um, I worked with Congresswoman Anna Eshoo from California. We got a, a biological threat uh, piece of legislation put into 21st Century Cures. We don't do enough in this country to prepare, to be prepared for a significant biological attack. I think we saw that with Ebola. Um, we have certainly have been dealing with that. Now, this is not an attack, but something like Zika, whether they're naturally occurring or man-made, we as a public health system have been really underprepared to deal with a, incidents like that. Um, but I think in, in this Congress, I'm um, going to be very focused on um, trying to improve our health care system, trying to make sure that um, in all likelihood we will be repealing the Affordable Care Act and how do we make sure that patient-centered medicine, that people um, who have uh, health care for the first time don't lose those health care benefits, but how do we infuse some competition into the health care space so that it can drive down health care costs because we're seeing far too many increases in premiums and deductibles to where people, it's as if they don't have health insurance because it's cost so much. So I think we're going to be very focused on that in this Congress. Um, And uh, I want to stay focused on the heroin and opioid just because we got a bill passed and some funding. We got to keep attention on addictions specifically and mental health issues. and, um, And also, I think the police and community relations issues that are happening across the country and the violence against police officers. Yesterday, National Law Enforcement um, Appreciation Day, we've got to remember we're a rule of law. We're a country governed by rule of law. It's the law enforcement who enforce those rules. And we've got to support and respect them. And I think we have a long way to go in this country in getting back to that. Right on. You mentioned that part of your interest in coming here was to kind of restore faith in in government. I know you've been assigned a challenging role in that regard by being named chair of the ethics committee. Um, was that something you wanted to do? Or <laughs> <laughs> well, most people don't ask for that assignment, but I was. I have served on the ethics committee for the last four years, and uh, Speaker Ryan asked me to chair that committee. It's a very important committee. And when I talk about restoring confidence in Congress, as you say, part of that is ensuring that our members and their staffs, this isn't just about members, but also about our staffs, are accountable to the American people, Mm -hmm. that we abide by the rules and the laws, the ethics standards that the House has in place. And so that's what our job is. It's to give a lot of advice to members and educate members, because all of the House ethics rules are not, um, they're, they're not completely common sense, and they're are a lot of pitfalls and landmines where members or staff uh, can step into and violate. So we educate and we advise, and then uh, we investigate allegations of impropriety or of of, of mistakes made by members or staff. And we investigate and then either exonerate or um, go forward with punishment. And it's a completely bipartisan committee. Yeah. 
It is five Republicans, five Democrats. Yes, I am the chair. Linda Sanchez of California is the interim ranking member. Uh, She's been the ranking member for the last couple of Congresses. We almost always reach uh, unanimous agreement on our very difficult decisions. Mm -hmm. We have an outstanding professional nonpartisan staff, and um, we work closely um, with the Office of Congressional Ethics uh, that forward uh, investigations to us and their findings. Um, and so it's very important work. Yeah. But it, there are Thanks some reforms that need to be made yeah. to the process and some reforms that need to be made to the way in which OCE and our uh, committee interact and work. And I'm committed to, to working on those in a strong bipartisan way. That's the best way it'll work. Thanks for doing that. I know You're that's welcome. hard work. So um, I know we're running a little short on time. I'm always curious, um, what's your commute like? I am so very fortunate. The commute between home and here yeah. or between here yeah. and to the office. So when we finish votes on a Friday, what do you do? I, like What's the so many other day? members, yeah. rush to the airport. Um, and I, luckily for me, only have about an hour and 45-minute commute. Wow. And so um, I only have – I have, and so I have uh, – I feel – I don't brag about You're my, home I for mean, dinner I am Friday home night. for dinner, wow. a little bit late dinner, often pizza, because yeah. who has time and energy to cook <laughs> on Friday evenings? But, um, you know, members like yourself and others on the West Coast and, and far and, you know, uh, Southwest, you have such long commutes. So, yes, I am home. Um, I have a very easy commute to get here. I'm, I'm a little bit, uh, you know, I understand how easy my life is compared to yours and other members. What do you friends. do? What do you do on the plane? What do I do? Honestly, uh, I do a lot of reading. Mm-hmm. I do a lot of reading. Uh, the office sends home a take-home file of what we call plain reading. Yeah. And occasionally some note writing, but mostly it, that doesn't work often. I screw up notes if you're sitting on a plane and, yeah. you know, there's a jostle. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I actually get a lot of reading done. It's actually I really look forward to that time, whether it's articles, whether it's things from committees, um, whether it's catching up on emails, but a lot of reading. Hour 45 is not long enough to get a movie in. And on occasion, that's exactly right. On occasion, I will. they will land and I need like another half hour <laughs> or another yeah. hour uh, to, to finish up my reading. But that's what I do for the most part. Um, um, How about you? Uh, well, my flight is eternal. Um, yes. Yeah, it's usually about five to five and a half hour flight and then I got another hour drive when we land. Wow. So, yeah. And yeah, and I'm about forty minutes from the airport. And yeah. so um yeah, I, I have I have little to no compute commute compared to you, but you get a, at least to see a lot of movies. I it, do not get yeah. out to the movies I, very often. I try so. to multitask. I'll usually write notes and um Maybe uh, watch the Alaska Airlines DigiPlayer. My first job was working in a video store in Port Angeles, Washington. So I always end these by asking folks, um, not for your favorite movie, because I think that's an impossible question, but are there a few that you really like? Well, I'm a little bit. Is um, it Hoosiers? An old school. Tell me the truth. Is yeah, it Hoosiers? No, I mean, Hoosiers is an incredible movie, <laughs> that's uh, to be sure. And uh, that high school, Milan High School, really exists. And um, there are still, I think, one or two players that might still be alive from that incredible team. Jimmy Chipwood, right? Um, it, it's an, it's yeah. incredible. And we are we are a huge basketball, although I'm the daughter of a football coach. So, um, But one of my favorite movies, believe it or not, is The Sound of Music. Uh, yeah. Something that I 
I, you know, grew up watching, always try to to still see um, and just love that. One of the really exciting things, um, and occasionally we get to do incredible things here in Congress. I was invited last year to the Kennedy Center Honors for the first time. Um, and from far away, Julia Andrews was, you know, a few rows uh, in front of me. Oh, cool. And yeah, she still takes my breath away. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Well, um, thanks for uh, taking the time to tell us a little bit more about your district and about Susan Brooks. So. Well, thank you, Derek. And I really appreciate the opportunity. And uh, I look forward to a great 115th working with you. Hope so, too. Thanks. Thanks.